Welcome to Warnsville Reaching New Heights. I'm your host, June Scharf, and I've got to tell you, this is an episode unlike any of the other ones. Even if you haven't been listening to the other ones, I I really have to prepare you for something incredible. My guests are from Milestone Autism Resources located here in Warrensville Heights. I have Leslie Rodsky, the conference director and the mother of a child, a teenager at this point, who's on the spectrum, and Nathan Morgan, an individual who's on the spectrum, and he also is a social worker who works at Milestones. Now, I have to tell you, he is so articulate, so perceptive, and so smart and willing to share his experiences. And the problem for many of us is that we don't know what we don't know. And what he is able to do for us is is really elevate our understanding. And I have to tell you, I was just really overwhelmed emotionally by what he is able to share and how beautifully he handles his own situation and, and how well he's able to help and support others. So all I can say is, wow. I mean, like seriously wow so it is my distinct honor privilege and just absolute uh, pleasure in sharing this episode with you there's one question I want to ask just because I'm I want to be very sensitive to everything and I'm I didn't try to um, really ramp up in terms of education on autism because I want to be where the audience is but I am aware of one type of autism, which is Asperger's. Mm-hmm. So I just wondered, is there, a t- I don't know all the types, I don't, I know there's a, a spectrum and a range, is there anything you can tell me just for background, if there's a name for you? What you yeah, so um, with the, the recent version of the DS, well not so much recent, it's been yeah. since 2013, um, it's all under one spectrum now, it used to be divided into multiple categories. Okay. Um, it used to be like Asperger's, pervasive developmental disorder, yeah. not otherwise specified, and a whole bunch of other very yeah. wordy terms mm-hmm. and now it's um, just autism uh, some people will use the terms high functioning moderate low functioning um, I think as a profession we're moving away from that yeah um, just because it, it underestimates some of the abilities and I think it can be misleading because some people may be high functioning in some areas of their mm-hmm. life but mm-hmm. maybe lower functioning in others so really um, I think we're, as a field, we're still just trying to work on that language. If, mm-hmm. if we do end up using it, I don't uh, believe that anyone would be particularly offended, but um, that's just the main the main thing. Uh, always so what, emphasizing So what strengths. Nathan's, just to add a little yes. bit, like, we wouldn't, like, as, as an organization, we're not going to talk about Asperger's. Okay. Yes. Because that's, like, an outdated term these days. Okay. okay. So we talk it. about either autism mm-hmm. or autism spectrum disorder. Okay. And that, that encompasses what you know of as Asperger's, somebody who's very high functioning, you know, Mm -hmm. goes to college, talks, Mm -hmm. all of that. And that goes all the way down to, you know, nonverbal, lower functioning individuals. Leslie could be much more eloquent than I am. No, 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 I just... No, 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 I I know, I just... Then tell me, um, in that movie Rain Man, the character Dustin Hoffman plays, that was in a person who had autism, was that what they used to call Asperger's? Uh... Kind of. I, I haven't seen the movie, but I'm familiar with people describing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the it, it tends to be a little bit of a mischaracterization of autism. I think um, historically we've not had very good depictions of what autism looks like. Um, 
we've done a little bit better recently. There is a show on Netflix called Atypical, um, mm-hmm. which can which used to be like so. Um, he would have been diagnosed with Asperger's years and years ago. Mm-hmm. Now he would just be diagnosed with an autism spectrum disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also uh, a movie about Temple Grandin, who's a um, very well known um, advocate and individual with autism. Uh, also a very notable figure uh, in her field, like mm-hmm. animal husbandry and such. Um, so there are some some better examples now. We're moving towards some better examples. But she's sort of a little celebrity in the is. community, and she yeah. was your speaker at your annual event last year or two years ago. Um, a couple years. Twenty seventeen. Yeah. 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 yeah, not last year. The year two, before. Two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and we'll get into your annual event. Great. Um, but what do you think is one of the most important aspects to autism that um, you think listeners should be aware of? Okay. Sure. Um, you know what I think? I think it's really important for um, folks out there to really presume competence uh, when they meet or see somebody with autism. So my mm-hmm. son is nonverbal. He has a lot of challenging behaviors. Mm-hmm. You could certainly make some very quick judgments about him and his abilities. And um, I guess that would be the exact opposite of what I'd like you to do. Okay. I'd like you to presume that he can do things and learn and grow like anybody else can, given the right supports. And things might take him a lot longer to learn. So we work on teaching him how to brush his teeth, but it could take us two years instead of two weeks, um, but he'll get there. So I think that's really important you know, for um, people to recognize, um, whether you're working with a student or a client or your own child, to really give them the benefit of the doubt and really give them you know, some strategies. And individuals with autism do need certain accommodations, um, but once those are in place, they can really thrive. How old is your son? He's 16 now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Something that I've heard a lot is um, people aren't quite aware that how prevalent autism is um, or that they're constantly encountering individuals with autism. Um, perhaps the biggest myth I've heard is I've never met someone with autism. Um, Statistically, that's that's very highly unlikely with one in 56 people being on the autism spectrum, according to some of the more recent numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are. We're, I, I'm, a, I'm a person with autism. I'm a social worker. Um, and we're we're in all aspects uh, or all facets of of uh, society. We are your neighbors. We're your friends. We're your coworkers. Um, and really, I think. Um, there has been a tendency to underestimate people with autism, and we um, really do contribute a lot to the to, to the communities that we're members of. Well, you're definitely demonstrating that. I'm I'm very happy that you're able to share this because um, a lot of people don't know what they don't know, you know, and it, it, that's why I'm so happy to have you as guests because we're going to dispel any myths or misconceptions. Um, well, can you provide? Um, some history on autism, the the range of the spectrum. Um, let's see, you know, the, the fact that one thing I want to get out there is there used to be this mythology that somehow parents were responsible. Is that correct, that that was out there? That is true. They and used I was to. horrified that people would even think that. I mean, that's just ridiculous, but yeah. why don't you speak to that? So in the past, um, unfortunately, uh, we used to blame mothers for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, if a mother, um, they would accuse mothers of being too cold and, and say that that was what led to autism features. We know now that that is 100% false. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, mothers and parents in general just tend to be um, perhaps the, the biggest advocates and most concerned parties when uh, their children are, are at stake in these uh, situations. 
Um, we've also had a lot of myths about what causes autism. We had a, a pretty notable um, study that came out in the 1990s through from Andrew Wakefield, where he drew um, some conclusions um, off of some pretty fraudulent data. It was later determined that he he did fabricate his findings to say that vaccines caused autism. Mm -hmm. uh, there have been hundreds if not thousands of studies since then across the globe with hundreds of thousands of children involved yeah. um, and those findings just don't hold up. Okay. Um, so he actually did end up losing his his licensing and um, was is not considered a reputable source in the field, mm -hmm. specifically because of, of the fraud that he had committed. Mm -hmm. um, additionally, we are learning a little bit more, though, that there may be some genetic links with autism. Autism may run in families. Um, we're still not entirely sure of everything that is responsible for um, an autism diagnosis, um, but there are a lot of factors. Um, and. I, I'm not a, a scientist, so I don't want to speak to fully to what those are. But, um, but really, there are there's a strong genetic component that they're finding. Um, there's also better detection and identification. So, um, in the past, we used to refer to autism as infantile schizophrenia, and again, the the scientists and the psychologists and such at the time. Uh, would blame the mothers for that, that they were cold or they were distant um, from their child. Um, and as we've grown as a field in social work, psychology, neurology, um, we've had a better understanding of the diversity within the autism spectrum. And we're really identifying some core features um, of autism, which are differences in communication, in sensory processing. Um, and and the, diver the differences tend to be quite vast, um, even within the community itself. Um, uh, there's an expression that a lot of people with autism use, if you've met one person with autism, you've only met one person with autism, mm -hmm. um, just because the needs are so unique from person to person. That's amazing. Um, well, Nathan, I'm, I'm so impressed by your ability to address this. What have been some of your challenges growing up? I've had uh, quite a few, unfortunately. I'd say some of the bigger challenges were, were bullying and social isolation. Those um, are perhaps the most prominent experiences. People with autism um, may be perceived by others as quirky mm -hmm. um, or odd. Um, we tend to have very strong special interests. Mm -hmm. um, so when we are, our interest is, uh, when we have a, have a topic that captures our interest, um, we pursue it more intensely than than others. I um, wish I had a friend so, like you growing up. Um, Honestly, I would love to have yeah. you in my life. And um. I, I think that um, that there are a lot of people who are coming to understand that. That um, I was actually just speaking with a, a colleague the other day that um, these special interests. I, I think there is the the concern that it's a, a bad thing, but I think that it's a a deep love for a topic, a deep interest, a passion that, that motivates us and keeps us going forward. And, and people, whether they have autism or not, I think people are constantly searching for that in their lives. And I think that that is one of the greatest things that I have with my autism is that I was born with more of a um, fascination with certain topics. And I can... Um, I can study a, a topic to a point that other people would just 
um, feel fatigued or, or give up. What are some um, of those topics? <laughs> well, I, um, had, I'm really interested in, in different cultures and different societies. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to entering into the field of social work, I actually um, studied like Japanese language, Japanese culture. Um, and so I was always fascinated, particularly with cultural festivals, mm-hmm. um, star festivals and, and such. So I, um, I would spend a lot of time reading about that. Um, and, and I did, and I, I excelled in that, in that line of study. Um, I, I was also always interested in uh, autism, which is interesting that a person with autism is, um, you know, I mean, it's not really, it's not, you, um, you wouldn't really always think that a person with a condition is, is also the one who is um, trying to identify and provide mm-hmm. services and supports for themselves, but mm-hmm. I'd say a lot of people with autism do that. We, um, we're we're really interested in, in what makes us tick, what makes others tick, mm-hmm. um, as well as our, our various interests. Um, I think we're all um, pretty interesting people, so I, I, I do I think that we agree. shouldn't be um, isolated in the ways that we have been. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps the other biggest issue is really being underestimated. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people um, hear autism or they see that there is a need for additional support and they don't they don't move past that. I think there's a, a, a glitch in some people's um, thinking that, that they, they don't see us sometimes as, as equals. And I think um, really through our um, advocacy efforts, we are trying to change that. There, um, so I know through our Milestones Conference and, and other things that other groups are doing even, um, there is a, an emphasis on the self-advocate experience. Um, okay. And even drawing off of the civil rights movement, we've adapted the phrase for our own use, um, nothing about us without us. And that really means wow. um, if, if you're going to that. be speaking about people with autism, people with aut- who actually have autism should be involved in that conversation. They should be on boards, they should be in employment. Um, that was the biggest thing that drew me to seeking employment um, at Milestones is um, that I'm actually a, a valued member on the team, and I'm my thoughts and my views and my perspectives are every bit as equal to everyone else. Um, and so I, I think more agencies need to take that approach. Well, that's a perfect segue. You're setting me up here for my question about the role that milestones play can play in families' lives. We actually offer um, quite a few services for families. Um, we provide a lot of education and resources through our various events in the community, such as our conference, mm-hmm. but we also have our, our help desk um, and our consultation services. With our help desk, um, families call in. Um, they may have questions about autism. They may have questions about autism services that may be available mm-hmm. in their community. Um, and so through our free help desk, we, we provide that information to families at no cost. Mm-hmm. Um, that's uh, supported through some of our other charity initiatives. We actually just had our, our annual bowling event, which was quite fun. We had a nice, nice turnout. Um, well, what kinds of um, calls are coming in? What are the resources? What do they need help with? Well, it varies. Um, sometimes it varies depending on time of year. For instance, okay. right now, a lot of families are trying to figure out what their plan is for the next school year. Do they want to try to go with a public school option, a private school option? Um, there are questions about summer camps um, or summer activities, um, funding for services. Funding is, is one of the bigger issues. There's um, 
not a lot of funding out there, but Milestones really does try to help families connect with what, what is. Um, we help families um, get connected with scholarships and other, other services. Um, other questions, um, so for instance, I, I work as the Early Intervention School Age Coordinator at Milestones. So one of the main things that when I meet with families, um, we discuss what a new diagnosis means and I, I help a family identify what their main priorities are for the moment um, so that they can have a, a, a nice actionable plan for moving forward. Mm -hmm. um, we also have teen and adult uh, service providers on, on staff who are knowledgeable about transition experiences. Um, they help families identify what are their plans for moving forward to college or employment mm -hmm. or um, housing or transportation and it's um, there really is if, if there's a if there's a question you have no matter how big or small um, we've been able to help families with that I would just love to add from a mother's perspective mm -hmm. um, or a parent perspective when you get that autism diagnosis it's it's huge and how old was your son when you got the diagnosis? He was about two. Okay. Um, so it's a it's a it's a life changing diagnosis for the entire family. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> for my husband and I, we were really totally stopped by it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, no, it's challenging. I mean, anytime yeah. anytime something hits you hard, there's a moment. It's I call it like that pivot moment. There was the before and there was the after. And I, I have to imagine with this condition, um, you had symptoms leading up to it and you needed an explanation. So on the one hand, you got your explanation. Now there's no more mystery. Right. And you it, it had a, I, I hate to say it, but it had a label. It had fit in a box sort of. You knew what you were dealing with. And then, and then it's where do we go from here? Right. And so milestones didn't exist back then. It well, did it, it? It did. So yeah. it did um, in a different form. Yeah, as robust as it is now. Exactly <laughs> right. It was it was still around, um, but I think it it just opened my eyes to get me unstuck, and that there was positive things mm -hmm. I could do. Um, not and other moms you could talk exactly. to. Exactly. Other parents, mm -hmm. other moms. There was There's experts right here in mm -hmm. Northeast Ohio mm -hmm. that I wouldn't have known about without okay. milestones. Yeah. So you're not so much, when my son was diagnosed, I really wasn't getting that information from the pediatrician. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So um, that's part of the reason Milestones was founded yeah. because um, of our, you know, strong emphasis on really knowledge is power that's the that's the one thing that we you know can all access today um, and it really needs to be evidence-based information um, unfortunately there's all kinds of stuff you can google about autism and some of it may not be safe or in your child's best interest so um, milestones really provides trusted information okay. um, which is really good for people to know we also regularly reach out to um, autism service providers in the community um, and connect with them so we can learn more about their programs. We want to make sure that we're referring families to services that are a good fit for them, um, services that do use those evidence-based practices, because there are unfortunately some, some pretty harmful practices out there. Okay. Um, well, when was Milestones established and why? What, what was the catalyst? So Milestones has been around since 2003, okay. and it was actually started by two mothers who met in um, the speech therapist waiting room. They um, 
One has a young adult boy on the spectrum. One has a young adult girl on the spectrum. At this point, not back then. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. they, they yeah. were kids back then. Now yeah. they're grown. Uh -huh. um, and they would talk to each other when they would see each other at therapy sessions. And the more they talk to each other, they realize that we can really learn from one another. We really can't. Um, they discovered that educating themselves was the most important thing and um, the and best thing they could do for and their empowering. Own, own children. Exactly. Yeah. It really empowered them. Um, they learned about some um, practices like applied behavioral analysis that was making a huge difference for their children. And um, they are um, go-getters and visionaries, and their uh, mindset was, we need to start sharing this. Mm -hmm. So they planned a conference um, 17 years ago. Um, they didn't know if a single person would come and 400 people showed up. Wow, wow. So, you put the word out nationally? Uh, just locally, 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 flyers, that yeah. mailbox, you know, I, you yeah. know. Wow. So yeah, so they knew um, right then and there that, you know, there was a real need, mm -hmm. um, certainly um, in this area, and now it's grown nationally. But um, that was the beginnings of it, really, to share education. Okay, and you're speaking about Alana Hoffer-Scoff, she's the executive director, mm -hmm. and Mia Buckwell-Gellis, the operations director. Right. Mm -hmm. and they, so they really, we need to give them a huge thank you and tribute. I mean, I'm sure they get it all the time, <laughs> but um, but to have you here in Warrensville Heights, it's a real pleasure and honor. Um, you've been here for how long? I know you weren't always here. Right. Um, we moved to Warrensville in August of 2017. Okay. So, so. And we're really enjoying the city and yeah. um, the location right off the highway. It's yes. easily accessible for people yeah. to come out to our office, so it's great. Um, can you share the range of you're getting people from the east side, west side? How many how many families do you think you have like in a database? People who've contacted you. Do you have that kind of um, database? We do uh, keep some records of who, who reaches out to us, um, but I don't have the numbers on hand unfortunately. Okay. Um, but I know we tend to get a lot of families from uh, Cuyahoga County, but mm -hmm. we've I've worked with families from. Morocco, from Israel, from different um, countries even. Wow. So um, those uh, foreign country experiences tend to be a little bit rare, but, yes. but they certainly do exist. Mm -hmm. um, working with families from out of state, in state. Yeah. Um, I'd say a lot of our families um, since moving to Warrensville Heights have been, have been in this area. I've worked with a lot of families even in surrounding areas, Shaker, Highland Hills, Beechwood. Mm -hmm. um, so lots of very local families, mm -hmm. um, also families from some of the more rural counties where um, finding resources might be particularly difficult. Um, we um, are always trying to help reach out and find other ways of connecting with families um, so that they can use our free services. We want to make sure that every family, I think our goal is ultimately that every family feels empowered and has the information that they need um, to move forward with uh, whatever their plans may be. I also want to mention that we've worked with hundreds of school districts okay. as well, providing um, education for their teachers, mm -hmm. um, continuing um, education credits. So if you think about that, a classroom teacher working with a population of students with um, autism or disabilities year after year, the ripple effect that if you train that one teacher, mm -hmm. you know, she can share her knowledge within her school building, her administrative staff, and those, you know, students will get better services and, you know, a better education. So um, we're really proud of that fact. 
we work really hard on that and any school district can call and you know we can we can go out and do trainings right we can take the training right to them so it's great as well as bringing them to our conference but it's great in it oh go ahead no, you can go ahead. Oh, in addition to like schools and um, like teach that teacher experience, um, we've also worked with police departments, we've worked okay. with hospitals, we've worked with area businesses mm -hmm. who are trying to make um, their interactions with people with autism um, more evidence-based but also more supporting. Mm -hmm. um, and we find that um, when you provide additional supports that are helpful for people with autism such as um, sensory friendly spaces, that actually helps everyone. That helps right. um, a new mother who is, you know, has a, has a baby who may be overwhelmed by l large crowds, or um, you know, uh, someone who just needs to take a little bit of a break. So, so really, there is no harm. In fact, there's a lot of uh, information out there that suggests that making more inclusive spaces actually is good for business. Mm -hmm. So, um, Milestones has helped a lot of people with that. Um, yeah, well, with the range of staff you have on board, what are some of their specialties? What so for our programming staff, that's um, what we use uh, to refer internally to um, our help desk workers and our who are, uh, consultation who are staff. Um, Beth Thompson is my supervisor. She's our, our program director. She's been working in this field for, for many years. Okay. Um, and she's been a, a strong mentor to me as I've entered into the, the field of social work. Um, Haley Dunn, she's our, she has a, she's a, a master's level counselor, okay. um, and she works a lot with teens and adults. Um, we have a newer addition to our team, uh, Madison Van Berkleo, she's our help desk coordinator, and she's generally one of the first points of contact that people will have. Um, we've, uh, she, she's joined our team to help streamline the process and make it easier for more families to access information that they, they need um, so that they're not waiting for as long. Um, because previously, some families may have had to wait um, for a longer period of time before accessing, re uh, accessing these resources. And I think we're very happy that our, our times to, to respond to families are um, decreasing so we can get in touch with more families quicker. Well, it's amazing that everything is free. So, do you have a lot of individual support, corporate support? We, you know? I think, have been very, very lucky that we have such a supportive community. Yeah. Um, at our benefit, at our Strike at Big events, mm -hmm. um, families who we've helped, families who we haven't helped, who just see the value in what we're doing, yeah. um, have have really risen uh, to the occasion to, to support this yeah. organization. I think it's we have our own have a community that's that's um, uh, evolved around milestones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cle um, yeah, clearly there's we do, support. Uh, so while I know we, we have our free help desk service, we also do have um, one of our paid programs, and that's our, our consultation service, okay. um, because that's a lot more in-depth information. Um, mm -hmm. Families uh, and teachers and individuals will sit down uh, with a, a master's level provider, such as myself or um, one of the other staff that I had mentioned. Is that something insurance will um, cover? Unfortunately, no. Okay. Um, but uh, we do offer scholarships to make it accessible mm -hmm. to families at all income levels okay. um, because our ultimate goal is we don't want to deprive anyone of information. So um, that, that's very important to us that we can, we can offer scholarships to help cover those, those services. Well, how do parents and children both generally react when they start tapping into what you have to offer? We have a lot of families who continue to use our program. So we have some families who have started with us when their child was diagnosed in early childhood who are, who are still connected with the agency, um, with Milestones um, now because 
it's been such a had such an impact on their lives um the experience of having a child with autism can in some cases lead to some grief because um the experience for a person with autism is going to look a little bit different but um ultimately i think families do find it um informative mm -hmm. um i think that they find it comforting um and probably a sense of relief to be part of a community. I think I think we're all right. wired to belong, and I, I gotta believe you're offering a real sense of belonging. I've had families that I'm working with cry because it was such an emotional experience. Mm -hmm. um, having someone who would sit down and, and listen and um, and then provide the suggestions. So. Um, I so really, it's a really nice and natural way for parents to form friendships mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because um, when our son was diagnosed, we didn't have um, any other sets of parents that we knew with children who had autism. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, talking about what's going on at school and PTA meetings and all that was fine, but we had this whole other host of things that we were dealing with for the first time and they were all these novel experiences and we really needed to share that with others um, our family members were in the same boat as we were they knew very little about autism so we needed um, we needed personal resources as moms and dads to connect with other moms and dads firsthand who were walking in our shoes. And we'd go out to dinner or have a glass of wine or do whatever, and we would leave that interaction just feeling better. Maybe we shared, you know, a, a, a therapist that, you know, for our kids that was great. Or maybe we knew that the library had something going on that was great. So not only sharing information, but emotional support as a mom and dad, it's super important. It really is. Yeah. We also elevate families uh, to a point where they can share their experiences, where they can feel comfortable sharing their experiences through some of our, our conference and our benefit. Um, one of the types of sessions that I enjoy most are our straight from the source sessions. So we have parents, grandparents, individuals with autism, um, speak before an audience about about their very real, very personal experiences, so that others can can learn from them and grow. Um, and I, I I think um, there aren't a lot of places that I've seen seen do that kind of stuff. So, well, why don't we address more directly the most immediate event that's coming up in June, your national conference, yes. which you expect to attract how many people? We're looking probably. for twelve hundred people this year. Okay, I think it's going to be our biggest and best conference ever. It's June eleventh and twelfth. We're at the IX Center. Um, two days of education. We have almost a hundred workshops scheduled. Wow. Um, probably <laughs> fifty exhibitors. We have an amazing keynote coming in from Florida, Haley Moss, who's a self-advocate. Mm -hmm. She's been on the news a lot down in Miami, Florida lately. She just passed her bar exam mm -hmm. and is working as an attorney. Um, her passion, though, is really helping other individuals uh, on the spectrum. So we're looking forward to having her. Um, we plan to have an art exhibit this year to showcase local talent of um, artists with autism. Mm -hmm. um, and as Nathan said, you know, we have um, we have speakers from all over the country coming. Mm -hmm. um, but we're super proud. We're probably going to have at least 30 individuals with autism speaking um, on expert topics, on their own personal accounts. We're going to feature their success stories. Um, so it's going to be inspiring as well as educational. Um, our registration is open right now. Um, anyone can register on milestones.org. 
Um, you can take advantage of our spring special rates right now. Um, it's networking. Nathan, what am I missing? It's, it's um, everything under one roof. Yeah. Uh, we cover food, parking, everything yeah. is there. Um, I think those are some of the questions that some of the families that I'm working with have um, because it can be a long day. And um, But there are a lot of networking opportunities, I'd say. Every family that I've spoken with has, has really enjoyed the conference. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be speaking. Um, many of the self-advocates who I've met through Milestones will be speaking. Um, as, as Leslie had mentioned, there are quite a few. Um, we had... Um, I'm actually kind of proud to say that we had a session last year that we're going to be expanding on myself and and two other self-advocates, Molly and Grace, who are um, really, um, I've I've really grown to learn a lot about. Um, We'll be sharing about our our, our unique sensory experiences. So we we shared about it last year, but we're actually going to be expanding on that quite a bit this year. And um, I think we're really excited to have that opportunity. It's nice that um, you're so willing to share and you're very forthcoming. I think that was actually a, a lot of a journey that I made working with my through Milestones. I previously interned through Milestones, and um, and while I was open to sharing, I think I had more reservations or I didn't quite know the ways to effectively share mm-hmm. my experiences. And um, Beth Thompson, the, the woman who I mentioned earlier, has been a, a strong mentor to me in providing guidance and um, both professional and personal so that I, I can grow as um, a professional social worker um, but also as a self-advocate so that I can use both my personal and professional experiences to to help families and individuals. Well the, the other portal to the resources is your website and I was fascinated when Leslie you told me earlier that you get hundreds of thousands of visits mm-hmm. and you're undergoing um, a, you will be launching a new website. So people can start there, milestones.org, yep. and access what you have. Yes, we're very excited. Um, the website's going to launch very soon. Um, it'll be an easier user experience. Um, over 1,200 resources at your fingertips. If you need a dentist, a doctor, a summer camp, mm-hmm. um, you can find it all online. And then there's also um, a way you can contact us if your needs are a little deeper. Um, and you really want to talk to our coaching staff personally, um, it'll all be there. So well, That's interesting that you're, you're mentioning um, doctors. So what you're saying is that certain doctors better understand the needs of those with autism. Is that correct? Or? Um, I think pediatricians today are much more well-versed at okay. really um, recognizing the signs of autism. They've, they've come a long way in the last mm-hmm. decade. Um, I would think that they have further to go. Um, So some are better than others. We actually actually started a medical track at our conference about four years ago. Um, So we have medical professionals, doctors, nurse practitioners coming. Mm -hmm. We have special sessions for them, um, as well as our general sessions. So like a firsthand account of Nathan talking, a doctor can learn a lot. That's so much insight for a doctor that they can't get, you know, in sort of a regular medical training. So yeah. um, we're really proud of that. We do work with a lot of the local hospitals. Um, so I think, um, you know, I think we all have a lot to learn about autism. Mm-hmm. And the conference brings all of these different audiences together. Yeah. We have teachers, speech language pathologists, psychologists, social workers, counselors, um, 
it, it just goes on and on. So yeah. it's a convergence of all of these different disciplines so that um, we can really collaborate and we can really work together and we can get that um, perspective yes. that you just don't, you know, if you just went to a medical conference or, you know, just went to like a speech conference, it really brings everyone together um, and you, you make new friends. Even as a person with autism who you would think would know a lot about it, I, I, I feel like I do, but... Um, there are so many things that I learned from other self-advocates sharing their experiences. Um, because as I mentioned towards when we first started talking, there really is, if you know one person with autism, you've only met one person with autism. And um, to help understand the wide range of experiences, I that's why I regularly do like to sit in on other self-advocate sessions so that, and then connect with them after. Um, and then connect with other professionals. And um, I feel like I'm always learning something new. So amazing and April is Autism Awareness Month correct mm -hmm. right so I'm very happy to be putting this out there and supporting your cause and the fabulous work you're doing so Leslie and Nathan I want to thank you both for being my guest today